When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings are pretty much the best team in North American team sports to never win a championship. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? Purple Daily's Before We Die on Score North Friday edition because we wanted to give you guys a little bit of time to enjoy the family. Uh, I don't know. We just we moved it to Friday. So here we are. This is regularly scheduled for Thursday, Mondays and Thursdays. We are bringing you content. I'm Jesse Pierce covering the Minnesota Wild, which is fun in its own right. You guys all got introduced to Kirill Kaprizov on Christmas Eve, along with the other teams. Uh, and I told them to go there because I told them I am on the Vikings train. So they should hop on that as well. So that's probably why they were there. Definitely why they were there. Hundred percent. Why they were there. He's Thor Nystrom. Betting money, slinging facts, but most of them are wrong. So take what you will with a grain of salt, because as we will get to in Thor's hammers, he is losing in that uh, in his whole career and his career. You might want to reconsider that. Thor, good to be back. And over here, producer Ross Brendel, wearing and representing your pinstripe bowl champion, Minnesota Gophers. Well done. Well done, sir. Back to back nine win seasons. Roll the boat, Sky Yuma. Go Let's- before we die. Let's go looking for a victory this weekend. Your Minnesota Vikings as they head to Lambeau to face the Green Bay Packers. It's funny. You know how this ends. You know that somehow Green Bay (laughs) destroys Minnesota. Maybe not even just this weekend. Uh, Odds are that they probably won't play him in the playoffs, you guys, as I was figuring out numbers with a couple gents yesterday at uh, XL Energy Center. It would be tough, but uh, let's dive into it. How are we feeling heading into rivalry weekend uh, against Green Bay, a different Green Bay Packers team than obviously the Vikings saw in week one. I feel fine. Like I, you know, again, I I feel like we match up decent against them. Even if the Vikings lose that game, it's not catastrophic for the Vikings at all. Whereas a loss for the Packers, it's super catastrophic. But I mean, to to your point, does look like no matter which way the whole thing shakes out in the playoffs, looks like they're probably going to avoid uh, Green Bay, but I, I don't think Green Bay is going to make it anyhow. I guess we'll find out. I guess we will. Uh, personally, Ross and I are, you know, ready for the heartbreak that is Green Bay, however that might unfold. Uh, I want to dive into Jair Alexander stirring the pot, which is normally reserved for me to do to Thor. Uh, <laughs> but he hopped on, had to talk about week one, Justin Jefferson, calling him, quote, a fluke. Now, week one, Justin Jefferson had nine catches for 184 yards. Two touchdowns in a 23-7 to season opening win for Minnesota. Here's what Jair said in case you missed it. You've just got to be real. He don't jump in no super suit and he get dressed and jump outside. You hear me? 
I don't either sometimes, but he is human is what I'm saying. We ain't putting too much on nobody. He's a really good receiver, but at the end of the day, I'm a really good corner. We've got really good corners. We've got really good linebackers, D-line, whatever it is. You don't want to put too much focus on that one person because it's like the first game and that was a fluke. Fair. I will say, and because probably I'm a closet of Packers fans, uh, I think it's a fair assumption. Again, these are two different teams that have transpired. Jefferson's gotten better, however, just as Alexander and Green Bay has gotten better. How do you guys think it uh, matches up for JJ this week? Yeah, it's, it's funny how every team that loses to the Vikings and every corner that gets burned by Jefferson, then the Vikings become flukes and Jefferson's performance becomes flukes. It, it's kind of funny. It, it, it all just seems like coping whether it's the opposing media, whether it's the <laughs> opposing players. We've heard it over and over and over again. It was no fluke. Jefferson torched those guys all, you know, the entire the entirety of that opening game. And uh, Jeff, or, uh, Jair Alexander, he's going to get what, he, what he's wishing for on Sunday, and we'll see if he can uh, perform up to his words before the game. I understand what Jair Alexander is doing. Totally get it. This happens – each and every week in the NFL, it happens every day across sports. You're trying to talk yourself up. You're trying to hype yourself up, trying to hype your own team up. What have I said on this podcast, though, about the Minnesota Vikings? The longer you play with fire, eventually you're going to get burned. Or also, just don't prod the bear. If I'm Jair <laughs> Alexander, let my play on the field do the talking. And if you want to spout off, do it after the game. You know, don't. I don't think Justin Jefferson needs any reason to go off on you. And I'm not even saying he will. I'm just saying, why give him that extra little bit of motivation that he probably doesn't need? I am really looking forward to the game on Saturday. I know, or excuse me, Sunday. I know I voiced all my concerns earlier this week, and I will voice them again here coming up shortly. But yeah. I just don't really get what Jair's doing. Just, yeah, you know, maybe it'll be good for the Vikings. You know what? I, I just talked myself into it. Keep talking, Jair. Keep talking. Yeah, you know what? I mean, keep talking. You got you to gotta have, again, build that momentum in Green Bay's favor. They are playing for everything, whereas the Vikings aren't. You can dash Green Bay's hope for the playoffs, coupled with the Lions beating the Bears in Detroit, which I think is very realistic. Do you guys know, in 30 years, the Packers have missed the playoffs eight times, and Minnesota can take credit for three of those times. So wouldn't it just be very heartwarming? Welcome to 2023 for Minnesota to crush the Packers at Lambeau and have Detroit go on, take down the Bears, and say bye-bye to the playoffs for A-Rodge. It sure would. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's get that. It, it sure would. Especially – oh, wow, this is – that was that, um, please that, be professional. That, We're doing that, a podcast here. That, yeah, that, that was Jair Alexander. Who's calling you? Can you answer that, please? It's it's Jair Alexander. I don't want to take his calls right now. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no. I mean, we want we want to end the Packers season, but again, like to me, here's where Ross and I disagree. I don't think that the Packers are like the boogeyman, where if we lose to them, then they're gonna like wake up from their slumber and come back and murder everyone in the playoffs. <laughs> um, so maybe to me, this game doesn't have quite the importance it does to some other people, but. Maybe maybe I'm being unrealistic by by discounting the Packers as they have discounted us. I mean, I love to hear you discounting the Packers because here's the thing, Thor. I think I need to hear it, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. But as I've stated before, until they are dead, the Undertaker has closed the casket on his opponent, <laughs> and the match is declared over. I will never believe it about the Green Bay Packers. 
And if you do believe it at this stage in the game, as plenty of people who came to my defense in the comments on YouTube, you don't know the Vikings history and you don't know what it's like being a Minnesota sports fan. And I get that that might not be logical, but there's nothing logical about Minnesota sports and Vikings fandom. And I do actually believe if you look at the trends again, you said, well, who have the Packers really beaten? Well, I hate to say it, but look at the Vikings schedule. Who have the Vikings really beaten? They've just done it with more consistency than Green Bay has. However, Green Bay is doing the right things as we approach the playoffs, and everything fell their way last week. So it's hard not to see this thing starting to crystallize in its form. However, do not mistake that for if the Vikings go to Lambeau and route the Packers, that I won't be giddy and running laps around my place. I want that to happen. I hope that happens. I hope early next week I can tell you, Thor, Thor, you're smart. I'm <laughs> ugly. No, how's that go? You're smart. You're I'm smart. Stupid. I'm dumb. Yeah. You're, you're right. I'm wrong. You're pretty. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I hope I'm telling you all those things next week. I just don't anticipate it. I actually anticipate by next week we'll go into it going, oh, all Green Bay has to do is win and they're in the playoffs. Crap. Yeah. I mean, if the Vikings beat Green Bay, it drops to a 2% chance that Packers make it to the playoffs. But speaking of last week for Green Bay, their defense recorded three interceptions in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins, eight takeaways in the last three games. Defense has also held three teams to under 21 points, but the Packers defense has allowed 100 plus yards for two receivers in the game against the Dolphins. Some of those catches for big games. Um, So really it's, it's going to be interesting to see. It is outside, right? And we've talked about how different that is, especially for the U.S. Bank Stadium uh, faithful there. But the other point to be taken, Vegas seems to believe in uh, in Green Bay. Uh, Thor, we'll get to Thor's hammers and, and all the lines, but what is Vegas saying about Sunday's game? Vegas is telling us that the Packers are going to win. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just, just flat. I mean, you know, installing them is a three and a half point favor. You put that hook on there too. I, you know, I, I could see maybe the three with it being in Lambeau and with the Packers having way more motivation for this game. Cause like we were just saying, this game means the world to the Packers. It's they're it now in a do or die situation. Whereas the Vikings they're I mean, they're not locked into the two yet, but they're probably going to get the two. And if they don't, they're going to get the three. Right. So like either way, they're going to host a, a first round game. Well, loss wouldn't be cataclysmic for them, but the, that line dropping where it does, it does tell you that the sports books and uh, the betting market do think the Packers are going to win this game. It just is what it is. I don't think the loss is cataclysmic to the Vikings, but I really do believe a loss solidifies you more than likely as the three seed, because I don't think the Niners are going to lose the rest of the way, which is funny because I'm the idiot that said a month ago, the Vikings are locked into the two seed. But I continue to say for this Minnesota Vikings team, I think it's more important that the Vikings are the two seed to them than it is to the San Francisco 49ers being the two. I think the 49ers are pretty well equipped to go anywhere and win anywhere with the style of football that they play. If I'm the Minnesota Vikings, I would much rather have San Francisco coming to U.S. Bank Stadium than going to San Francisco. I I would want to put Brock Purdy in as many less advantageous situations as possible. So I do actually think this game is of very high importance to the Minnesota Vikings. Again, do I believe they're going to win two outdoor road games on crappy surfaces the next two weeks? No, but I think it's very important that they do that, and I really hope that they do that, because I think the two seed really does put them into a driver's seat 
whatever you think of the Vikings or not, whatever national media thinks of the Vikings, whatever other NFL players think of the Vikings, if you give them the two seed and you're telling them they get two home games before they potentially have to leave U.S. Bank Stadium, even for the issues that I have with this team, I have a hard time believing they wouldn't make it to the NFC Championship game. However, if you tell me they go on the road in the divisional round of the playoffs, I have a tough time seeing them winning a game on the road. So I do think this game's very important. So take that, Vegas. Factor that into your number. <laughs> you never listen to us. Uh, you know, speaking of tough situations, obviously, we are all well aware of the biggest Achilles heel for your Minnesota Vikings being the defense. The defense continues to see struggles. However, oh. I'm going to talk about a positive. Watch me. Watch me flip the script here, guys. We're going to go positive. The offensive line has seen quite a few improvements. You look at last week's game and the way they went against Wink Martindale's blitz, allowing Kirk Cousins to not feel the pressure. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, not that the pa- I mean the Packers are going to throw everything they can to stop the Vikings and stop such a potent uh, offense, but I want to talk about how good the offensive line has gotten and how much it has truly improved to allow Kirk Cousins to have the year he's having, and in turn, Justin Jefferson and company as well. The po- yeah, the, the point's really well taken. When when the offensive line has been at 100%, or at least when Derisaw has been at a, a 100%, the offensive line's been awesome this year. And with, with Derisaw coming back, that's that's the one thing. The other thing is the interior play has improved, specifically at Ingram. Uh, Ezra Cleveland, obviously, is the one guy on the interior who's been sort of uh, clockwork this year with this play. Um, Ed Ingram, he's been up and down, up and down a bit because he's he's been pretty good run blocking as a rookie, but the pass pro had has been an issue. But he's played a little bit better as well, and hopefully he's not going to be stepping on Kirk's toes at all. You know, stepping back on in, in the you know right after the snap against against the Packers, but he has played well, um, better to your point, and and that's made the the entire offensive line better. Thor may have some of the metrics ahead of him, which I don't at at the moment, but all we ever asked for this Minnesota Vikings offensive line was just to be average. Give your quarterback a fighting chance, open some holes in the run game. You have a great running back who can maybe create holes where there aren't, but you know, it does make it easier on everybody. If you just create some on your own and they are doing that this year. And there has even been some adversity. We didn't know what to think of Garrett Bradbury at the beginning of the year. We were all down on him, right? Well, then Garrett Bradbury starts playing and he's actually okay. And again, is he okay because he's okay or is he being elevated because of the people around him? Didn't really matter. Well, now Garrett Bradbury's been down for much of the second half of the season and you haven't noticed a huge drop off. Maybe that, again, doesn't say a lot about Garrett Bradbury. But what I'm getting at is the offensive line, at least now, has accumulated enough depth and they're doing enough right things to at least be functional. And that is one thing that really will help in a road playoff game. Should the Vikings have to do that? Yeah. And Kirk cousins against the giants, only the giants have blitzed more than the green Bay Packers. Uh, so that's something you do need to take in to account. Obviously Kirk cousins can destroy this green Bay secondary. I think, I think that's where that's also going to come in handy. He's found his comfort uh, last week when cousins was blitzed on 27 of 52 dropbacks. He posted a 111.6 passer rating when blitz. So that's really exciting. Do you guys see that 
Kirk connecting with Jefferson more, or do you see this as more of a run game to really take down Green Bay's uh, struggling defense? Well, I, I think that the secondary receivers are going to be super important as well. Obviously, we, we talked about Jair Alexander, his comments. Obviously, they're going to be sick at him first and foremost on Jefferson. You can also bet that Jair Alexander is going to be getting that sa- that deep help as well. Quasi double teams and or just, you know, conventional double teams every play on Jefferson. So that it it, it opens up both the secondary receivers. It also should, should thin out the box a little bit. But I, I would look for those secondary. I think this is a big TJ Hawkinson game. I think this is a game where Thielen could reestablish himself. And this is one where we could badly use a couple long runs and big plays from Delvin Cook as well. Mm-hmm. That noise right? back there, that's the Darius Smith uh and Daniil Hunter terrorizing Aaron Rodgers. Meeting at the no. quarterback. Oh Gosh darn it, Jesse. I was just going to make the same joke. I was literally just going to say it. If you want a preview of what Aaron Rodgers is going to go through on Sunday, just listen <laughs> to the background noise of Jesse's kids going after each other. <laughs> I have never understood the Christmas lyrics from It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas when they're like, and mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. Like, please, dear God. Like, I am so, so so done with this. Uh, but, you know, speaking of, this is a good segue, good transition then. So Darius Smith, Daniil Hunter, I think are going to have a game. Do you see them putting the same amount of pressure on Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Rodgers was pressured on 28.9% of his dropbacks in that week one game, uh, posted a zero passer rating uh, on those with a and excuse me, Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter combined for seven pressures and two sacks. We're going to see a similar outcome for a Raj uh, and for the, those two top Minnesota Vikings players. Well, yeah, first off, obviously it, it, it is of the utmost importance that you get pressure on Aaron Rodgers Cause if you, you know, you let him sit back there, it, you, you become a sitting duck to him. You know, if, if you give him the amount of time, I do think that they, they can, the Vikings can generate pressure here, but the point you made before, I think it's a great one from the perspective of Ed Donatello. Is this, an, is this another game where you ramp up the heat, which he has selectively done this year? Or is this one where you try to, to sit back and flood the coverage lanes against Rodgers, knowing that your cornerbacks aren't very good? Because you can do it one way or the other, right? So it, it'll be interesting to see if Ed uh, turns up the heat, especially this Packer offensive line. You look at it, they're playing a lot of younger players. Um, they performed okay this year. You know, it's, it's been a solid offensive line, but – um, you know, will they be able to do that if, if the Vikings are sudden all sorts of heat from different angles, stuff like that? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Again, as I said a few weeks back, and I thought the Vikings took steps against the Giants, but still were leaky at pretty uh, poor times. But for us to really believe, or when I say us, I specifically probably mean me and anybody who still is not still trying to figure out what the Vikings are after 15 games. Again, I know they're a good team. They're a playoff team. I'm not discrediting that. I just don't know if they're a Super Bowl contending team. Could be the reason, Ed, that your team wins these road games and holds on to the number two seed. Just continue to show a little bit of incremental improvement like you did in the second half against the atrocious Indianapolis Colts, who, of course, have now benched Matt Ryan again. That poor, poor SOB. And they were better against the Giants, but they weren't nearly good enough. So continue to show some improvement. Get after Aaron Rodgers. And one thing I really, really want to see, I think all Minnesota Vikings fans want to see it. I think everybody in the NFL wants to see it that doesn't like Green Bay. I want a Zadarius Smith sack and 70,000 people booing him. 
It might not be that many Viking Vikings fans travel. Well, they'll, they travel, they'll travel to green Bay, but they will be, obviously there's way more Packer fans than Vikings fans. I want that rain of booze coming down on Zadarius Smith after a huge second or third down sack of Aaron Rodgers. That would Uh, just be a beautiful noise to fill the Wisconsin air. Yes. So you said booze B O O S, but I want to talk about booze B O O Z E Ross. What do you got for us from Lake Ridge liquors? Well, I hope you don't want to talk about booze because of the stress that the Vikings will probably put us through one way or another on Sunday. I was thinking maybe you wanted to talk about the booze because of what's happening with the kids behind you. Irregardless, irregardless, or regardless, sorry, irregardless is not a word. Regardless is. Lake Ridge Liquors, they can help you out with their huge local craft beer selection, including, of course, Before We Die from Surly, with over 1,000 wines in stock and that 40-foot-long wall of whiskey, including a Lake Ridge exclusive barrel pick of Jefferson's Rye Single Barrel. This is the place to be for your New Year's celebrations. Great prices, great service, locally owned and operated by Minnesota sports fans with a convenient location just 30 seconds off of 694 on Rice Street. Restock that liquor cabinet. You know everybody's coming over tonight, tomorrow, over the weekend to watch the Vikings and college football. Be ready for them. Also, when you mentioned Score North sent you, they're going to load you up with $5 in rewards on the spot. That's a tremendous value and a great rewards program right there just for mentioning Score North. Again, Lake Ridge Liquors, just 30 seconds off of 694 on Rice Street. Make sure you get there. The people are coming over. I'm sure Thor's hosting people. I got a couple people coming over. Jesse always has all of the seven-county metro coming over. She's got Party Central at her place is what my sources tell me. So make sure you hit up Lake Ridge Liquors and be ready for it. I'm personally going to send Thor there to Lake Ridge Liquors to get me an honorary bottle of something of my choosing once I really complete my domination and victory in Thor's Hammers. Let's get to some Thor's Hammers. Speaking of, let's get to those standings, boys and girls. You know, I'd love to get to the standings, but somebody was negligent in letting me know if the spreadsheet was you have updated one job. or not. You I, have I, one job. I, I think he was sabotaging this because I think I'm pretty sure he's now in last place. However, yeah. I can at least give you this brilliant open. Thor's Jesse, I'll say it. Let's just all assume because we know you're still in first place. So yeah. you know, whatever, do your thing. Glow. Tell us how great you are. I'm great. It's wonderful. It's great to be on top. Great to be number one. Uh, and really great to see Thor down at the bottom where he belongs. Yeah. And Jesse, I'm so sorry about that mistake of mine this week with the standings. <laughs> it will not happen next week. I apologize. I, I regret it. Yeah. I want no, you to I know, Jesse, this was not even collusion for this to happen in our prep email. As I continue to throw Thor under the bus, I did ask him to make these updates so I could make your graphic. Yeah, so, no, yeah, this is 100% on Thor. On I do Thor. appreciate um, his. The kids are going to remind you how much you failed at your job, too. They're going to say, boo, boo, Thor, boo. I want uh, it. <laughs> am, am I getting heckled? <laughs> I don't know. It's like they call people they call people toast and it's an insult. So Thor, why don't you start us out? I'll let Ross go first while I handle this. The kiddos. All right. The uh hello. The uh the first one we got today, Kirk Cousins, start where we always do. Kirk Cousins, 268 and a half passing yards against the Packers outdoors. Ross, we're gonna begin with you today. Over or under. I uh again, the Packers 
defense is good, pretty good, good. We'll go with good. Uh, I'll take the under on this one because I do believe the weather, albeit not super cold, will just be a bit more conducive to the run game. I do think the Vikings will want to run the ball to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines as much as possible. So I'll take I'll take the under on this one. Okay. This Jesse. is going to sound so- shocking. I didn't hear at all what you said for numbers or what the – so toss them at me. 268 and a half over or under for Kirk Cousins passing yards. Uh, under. Okay, I'm going to go over on the Cousins passing yardage. And now, then- Thor, are we at the point, do you believe in your hammers at all, or are you just now doing <laughs> the opposite of what myself and Jesse are doing? Uh, I'm, I'll just answer yes. okay Ross Delvin Cook 76 and a half uh, rushing yards did you take over under I forget I'm gonna go over I'm gonna go over I I think if my memory serves me right he's had really big games against the Packers and also some clunkers against the Packers but I'll go over on this one because for as as good as their pass defense can be that run defense is still not very good so I'll take the over and I did owe that Jesse which one are you taking I ditto. Plus, this just keeps oh, me ahead of Ross. Okay. So, really, that's the, that's my strategy. As you're well. stopping me. You're blocking me. <laughs> okay, so I'll go under. Hey, the best offense is a good defense. So, <laughs> all right, Je- Justin Jefferson, ninety-five and a half receiving yards. Uh, I guess we'll go back to Jesse starting this one. Over. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll take the under because I said Cousins would be under two. What was it two sixty-eight? So I'll t- I'll take the under. And that's not saying that I'm not going to give Jair any credit here. He may have a good game. He might not have a game. A great game. I just think that's more of a product of outdoors on the road trying to run the football a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go under just to fade Jesse. But JJ, I believe in you. <laughs> uh, okay, pa- Vikings plus three and a half at the Packers. Jesse, who you got? Vikings. Okay. Take that, those that think I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> This is this has less to do with my fear of the Packers and Vikings history than actually. Well, actually, no, I, I got to rephrase this. I was about to say something really stupid, which a lot of people would say every time I talk. It's really stupid. Uh, this is not really to praise the Packers or demean the Vikings. I just think a loss here makes a ton of sense. So I'll, I'll take I'll take Green Bay. OK. And again, with the caveat. People, I want to be wrong. I'm not cheering for this to happen. Just because I believe in my heart and that God hates the Vikings and that the NFL officials love the Packers, just because I believe all of that stuff doesn't mean I want that to happen. So please don't don't hate message me or tweet me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Vikings so that they don't get after me in the in the comments. <clears throat> just kidding. Okay. The uh point total, 48 points in this game. Jesse over or under. Uh, shade under under okay i have no real belief one way or another on that number i'm just going to do the opposite of jesse so i'll go over <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely going over you're going over <laughs> <laughs> you can tell jesse's been hanging out with kids all morning and all uh, winter break long oh, uh, my goodness she's gonna I'm snap on someone i'm going to <laughs> uh, now you've inside to the dog yeah, the dog's roll i you're going to have a band walking through there by the end of this episode. Yeah, I feel like the Sergeant Pepper's band's about to roll through in the background. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is, is that it for Hammer's Thor? You got one That's more? It. That's, That's it? it? Okay. Yeah. Well, let's fire this up. Comments from YouTube. 
Jesse's gonna win our gamer. She's she's getting our game ball. She's just battling through this one. Const- constantly is. Their phones ringing. Dogs are barking. I think there's someone at the door. I have no idea. <laughs> well, Jesse, uh, if you need to walk away for a quick nope, second, all nope, along game I do. on this one. This is what I do. It's all like when the crowd is going one. against the quarterback, ringing the bells. I'm gonna throw a touchdown. So let's play <laughs> comments from YouTube. Here's a comment from Still Johnny. Every team needs someone who plays Madden for an hour before bed. Simple game management slash situational awareness. I'm not going to take this where you think I might take it because you both know and everybody listening and watching knows I'm a huge proponent of the common guy coordinator. That's not where this is going. My question to you two, which current NFL coach would just crush at Madden? Oof. It's probably a younger coach, right? I feel I like think it's Sean so. McVay. I was going to say Sean McVay, but that's also because I just think he's kind of cute. <laughs> he's dreamy. He's dreamy. I, but well, he probably I, would. I feel like KOC would be real good at it, too. Yeah, he, he probably would be. Oh, Mike Another Tomlin. I love Mike Tomlin. He is my – I just have always had a special place in my heart. Probably because I like Omar Epps and – him and Mike Tomlin. Can you him. imagine Mike Tomlin's defense on Madden? He probably just can't <laughs> move on it. The the best one would probably be Cliff. I was thinking Cliff Kingsbury too, because oh. he probably he probably plays a lot of Madden with Kyler Murray. Cliff well, yeah, he's probably going to get bad. Big, big, big video game team, and then also like the passing concepts and stuff. Like th- those games, you have to be good at the passing stuff, and like we know that that's all Cliff has ever cared about is the passing. So he doesn't care about defense. He doesn't care about the run game. It's his, it was downfall at Texas Tech going to be his downfall year. But I feel like in video games, he would know all the concepts, know all the, you know, the, the coverages you're in pre-snap. He'd be doing all sorts of bells and whistles. And I feel like he'd be a good one. I would pay big money at a charity dinner to get to play a single game, full length, 15 minute quarters against Mike Zimmer. I think playing Madden against Mike Zimmer would be hilarious because he probably wouldn't have any concept of what's happening, but just the stories and the hilariousness that would come from it would be great. Well, one more comment, and it's a a serious comment. I probably should have done these in a different order, but it's a holiday week. Give me a break. Mm -hmm. This is from uh, something called 7XXX. More should have been done at the trade deadline to shore up the defense. The fact they did nothing at all is mind-boggling. So my question, if you could do it all over again, go back to that trade deadline, would you still trade for Hawk or Hawk or would you load up on defense? I hate living with regrets and Hawk has turned out to be just fantastic, especially getting him for practically nothing. So, I mean, yes, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, but I don't look back. I look forward you know, Minnesota, obviously they have enough confidence in what they've got going on defense and it's been working out. I mean, the, the record doesn't lie. The, the wins don't lie. Yes, it would be nice. Yes. Is that going to be compatible with these teams as you're making a super run? Who knows? But I like Hawk. I like keeping him with. I'll be right back. <laughs> the uh <clears throat> The Hawkinson trade might go down as the best trade in Vikings history. So any any defensive or any ancillary trade that would have affect like you know an alternate reality, like if this is Doctor Strange or if this is like Back to the Future, and you go back and like Marty's looking at that one uh, 
Polaroid he's got, and you start to see Hawkinson fade away, any transaction that would have done that, you can't do it just on the surface because the TJ Hawkinson trade was a smashing success. Now, to the point of should they have done another move to get uh, a defender, the one I had advocated for uh, outside of inline tight end, that's why I thought, you know, Hawkinson was a fair price for exactly what they needed, but the other one was cornerback. Right. But I mean, are, were you gonna, you weren't going to displace Pat P the one you, you could have done it on was the the Dantzler side, which became more problematic after the fact, both because of injuries and now, um, uh, you know, inconsistencies and or poor performance of the players out there. But then you also could have done the nickel thing to kick out Sullivan, but I understand why they didn't. I'm guessing the prices of guys that they felt were for sure upgrades were just too high the the bridge was too far. And then you would have had to kick out either a guy, a young kid you're trying to develop in Dantzler, or you would have would have had to displace, you know, say Chan and Sullivan, whatever. I, I I just feel like that's probably why they didn't do it. They were already given up the equivalent of a late third round pick uh, in terms of equity in this class to get Hawkinson. Probably felt like you had to hold on to the rest of the picks. But the guy's point is well taken in that I think we all acknowledge they needed cornerback help and that it was going to be sort of a slog all season trying to get through with this cornerback group as constituted, um, and it was going to be a challenge for Donatello and company. Hopefully that's something that they can uh, address in the offseason. But you, you would need to know the players that were out there and the discussions they had and the and the prices being asked of those guys to, like, say it was a mistake on the Viking side. We just don't know if there was, like, a stud, you know, corn, or not a stud, but, like, a for sure starter available at what would have been a reasonable price. Yeah, I, I don't think you have to have it both ways here, even though I wrote the question framing it as it had to be one or the other. I think, Thor, your point of maybe should it have been both is well taken. But also, again, your point about what does the compensation look like? I, I don't know. The only thing I would say to that is in a year where you are trying to win now, that was the expectation. Maybe you do overpay a little bit to get more corner depth. But if it had to be corner over TJ Hawkinson, knowing what we know now, I'd rather just have TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. And I guess trust Ed Donatel and KOC that they'll do enough to put uh, band-aids over the, uh, the water f- flying out of the Hoover Dam here. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see about that. But yeah, uh, if it had to be one or the other, I'd go with Hawk. But I think the easy answer here is it probably could have, perhaps should have been both. But you, you also don't know everything that Thor was talking about. And and Ross, one other point I want to make that I haven't made on this show is on, on the defensive side of the ball, one thing that I really like that they've been doing recently, it's figuring out how to rotate in those younger, uh, you know, sort of developmental guys, uh, you know, you know, d- depending on what, what end of the spectrum or whatever, it, it's worked out pretty well situationally. And you've, it's been cool to see the progression of the, these guys as it's happened. Brian Asamoah, Josh Metellus, uh, Duke Shelley, and, Kyrus Tonga, who I don't think we talked about on this show, has been a revelation when they have played him. This is crazy. Uh, Tonga in more snaps than the uh, Philadelphia Eagles first round nose tackle, Jordan Davis from, from Georgia, has outplayed him on, from a PFF grading perspective over, again, uh, more snaps. Uh, he, I mean, Kyrus Tonga, his PFF grade this year is 77.3, which in terms of guys that have over 200 <laughs> Defensive snaps for the Vikings ranks third on the team. He's only behind uh, Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. Again, if you know you're you're cutting it off at a uh, Patrick Peterson as well, so it'd be fourth. 
But I mean, he has played really, really well. But but all those guys that they've been rotating and Duke Shelley's played so well, you know, and, and, and Awesome has been playing better uh, situationally. Awesome has put up now a seventy-eight point four PFF grade in only ninety-five snaps. You know, with him, it's been more sporadic, but they're starting to do it more. I, I want to see more of that stuff because those guys are acquitting themselves well, and there are situations where you can get them in where they're going to acquit themselves better than the starter. For instance, but here's just one example: the Vikings linebackers are not good in coverage. We already know that they're getting a little bit long in the tooth, slow footed. And then Jordan Hicks was never really great in coverage. If you can start switching in guys off the bench situationally, they prove that they're a little bit better in coverage. Asaboa certainly has the athleticism advantage in terms of that. He was hit or miss in that area at Oklahoma. But I I, I want to see these guys. And, and by the way, Asaboa has been very good in coverage over those first 95 snaps in the NFL. But I want to see those guys sort of, Use situationally, continue to do that, continue to see this development like we've seen. I think that's a good job by the Vikings. Dad joke alert, either one of you ever been to a Tonga party? Oh, <laughs> Tonga, Tonga, Tonga. Oh. Tonga. It's been back in undergrad for me, Ross. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Thor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to go back to, I want to go back to my earlier comment where I have no regrets in life. I regret these children like right now just in this moment uh if you guys think my household is crazy the background is crazy today i have a group of people that are even crazier we have a brief message on behalf of the crazy canadian cousins crusaders of purple daily uh they are huge Kirk cousins fans who reached out and asked if we could help celebrate this incredibly fun minnesota viking season led by of course none other than Kirk cousins they would love for purple daily listeners to donate to Kirk cousins charity I mean, why not, right? Let's support Kirk. Let's support a good cause. Let's support our crazy Canadian cousins crusaders of Purple Daily. Simply go to KirkCousins.org, click the donate button, donate whatever you can, $5, $500. I know Thor is donating probably $5,000 after that big raise Purple Daily gave him. Still waiting on mine. Uh, whatever you guys can afford. And when you do make that donation on behalf of the cousins crusaders, make sure you let them know it's coming also from the Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily. So just a reminder to go check them out. Again, probably a little bit crazier than my household. Thank you guys for sticking with me. Uh, I'm sure parents out there, stay strong. Uh, let's dive into Before We Die and Before I Go Kill My Kids, please. Time now for the Before We Die crew to give us their Before We Dies. Just, you, guys thought, you guys thought my illness was the flu game. This is my flu game where I'm just <laughs> still going to put up threes and I'll start up. first. Yes. Uh, before before we die, I think uh, Jesse's kid with the the moppy kind of curly hair, whichever one that is. That's the five. He is actually what's his name? Hudson. Hudson. Uh, after Hudson fashing. Actually, yes. <laughs> it, oh, really? Okay. Well, that's where I first heard the name. It's not like after him, but I had first heard the name Hudson from Hudson Fashion. And Go Goals. And you think I'm not a hockey guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Hudson will join mom for an entire before we die, and he will be well-behaved the entire time. Now, he might be 25 when that happens. Yes. But uh, before we die, Hudson will be a co-host of uh, a before we die episode. Dream big, man dream big Thor what you got um before we die the ghost fans are going to give Peach some respect <laughs> Peach now he completes his third nine win season of the last uh four the only one that wasn't was the COVID season who, who cares about that look I I'll, I'll criticize Peach 
there are certainly things that you can criticize Peach for. The one that I've criticized him the most for is I think he gets stuck in his system sometimes and he can't see some of the forest from the trees. A great example was when Trey Lance was coming out of high school out of Marshall, Minnesota, and badly wanted to play for the Gophers. And he had gone to the camps and stuff like that. And the Gophers were only thinking about offering him as a safety, um, mostly because I think that P.J. Fleck felt he didn't uh, fit his system. That in 2019, whatever that was, the dream season where they went 11 and two. If you had Trey Lance in instead of Tanner Morgan, you may have been. Now we're talking like they could have won the big time potentially. But outside of that, it, it, some of this stuff gets to nitpicking. PJ Fleck is the best coach y'all have had since I don't know when. You got to go back to when they're talking about all the championships back in the, you know, that nobody ever cites because they were so long ago in the, the 60s oh, or whatever them. that was. Yeah. Exactly. I cite them. But, man, P.J. Fleck had been one of the best coaches, certainly the best coach in modern uh, golfer history. Should be appreciated a little bit more, even if the shtick can get on uh, everyone's nerves at a certain point. But he's doing a great job. I think the shtick's hilarious, so I have no problem with the shtick. And, Thor, I largely agree with you. I, I He is the best coach at the University of Minnesota. The name that you're thinking of, Murray Warmath. It's been – and, yeah, I look, we'll do a separate pod on this, but I agree with you. Yeah. Well, before we die, I'll be invited to a Ross and Thor hangout and wear matching slippers <laughs> with them. And that's all I hope for in 2023. It, it, it hurts sending you that, that slipper photo. Did but it? Yeah, did I, it? Did it? No, it didn't at all. Yeah. Uh, after all the Thor's hammers, you know, jabs, I, yeah. I, I, I had yeah. to send it back. When, Jesse, when, uh, you should take it as a compliment. Thor and I thought we had to get together to come up with a plan to win Thor's hammers. Fair. That's, that's fair. Strategy. That's really what we were doing. Mm-hmm. We were yeah. colluding against you and we needed to meet face to face. Collusion shouldn't be happening, but if it happens, I guess that's so, fine. So just, so just to let everyone behind the curtains yesterday was, or no, Wednesday. Two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a, it was, you know, wall to wall ball games and, and Kansas was playing his first ball game since, since 2008. So I, I had a bunch of guys over. And when, when Ross came to the door, you know, I, I went and got the door and Ross immediately drops down his slippers on the floor, and he's taking <laughs> off the, the shoes he come in with. Well, I, I wear slippers all the time in the house. So I was, you know, s- slipper buddies, you know. And it, anyhow, it was – but we had a great time. Uh, Kansas didn't quite pull it out, um, but they, they ended up coming back and making things interesting. But we, we had a fun time. And, Jesse, the next time you're invited, you wouldn't have wanted to be there that time. I don't know. But I do wear slippers too. Yes! <laughs> Love it. It's a new thing. It's a, it's freezing the, in this office. The, the slipper trio. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was not more flexible than I intended to be uh, at all today. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Purple Dailies Before We Die on Score North. Uh, again, catch us Mondays and Thursdays. We will recap Sunday's Minnesota Vikings game at Lambeau Field. I'm excited to see it. We're excited to have you guys check us out. Don't forget to check out all the other Purple Daily content that is out there. We've given we're giving you something every single day, you guys. Shout out to Judd and Mackie for being the leaders in this charge, Declan as well. Uh, but bigger shout out to each and every one of you for always tuning in, engaging with us. Love reading the comments. Love reading the different uh, disagreements and agreements once they come. And uh, yeah, you guys are awesome. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. He's Ross Brendel. We'll see you next week. Go Vikings. Skull Vikings. What a beautiful day in Hennepin County.